As we turn our attention to God's Word, we'll be looking together at Psalm 42. So go ahead and open up to Psalm 42. Uh, The beginning part is familiar maybe to many of you, uh, but we'll read the entire psalm together this morning and consider it. So hear now the Word of the Lord. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Our good Father in heaven, we thank you that we can come to you, that we can cry out to you in our time of need, that you know us, that you hear us, and that there is hope. Lord, help us to hope in you this morning. Help us to hear what you have to say. So use the words of this preacher and open up our ears and hearts to hear your voice speaking to us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you ever talk to yourself? Um, Sometimes I find myself having full-on debates in my own head. It's embarrassing, though, when part of the conversation I'm having with myself suddenly escapes my mouth with an earshot of an unsuspecting victim. It's that time, you know, when you're mumbling, no, 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 that's not right. And then your coworker says, um, what's not right? It feels a little awkward to reply with, actually, I was just talking to myself. But, friends, the thing about self-talk is, we all do it. Pastor and author Paul Tripp has said this, no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. See, you're, take, you're talking to yourself all the time, interpreting, organizing, analyzing what's going on inside and around you. You may be talking to yourself about why you feel so tired, or maybe you woke up this morning with a sense of dread about looking out and seeing all the snow and <laughs> wondering why. <laughs> maybe your mind has traveled back to your distant past, and for reasons you don't understand, you're recalling events from your early childhood. Whatever the case is, the question is, how well are you counseling yourself? 
Psalm 42 is a psalm of lament. And here the psalmist is engaging in self-talk at the deepest level. A psalm of lament is appropriate for us at the end of this holiday season because for many, the holidays bring out the stress and pain and grief that sometimes we're not even aware of. So we shouldn't try to run from the hard things that we face in our lives. Instead, we can learn to face them in healthy ways. And we can rest our hearts on a foundation of hope because there is hope in God, friends. So this morning, this first morning of the new year, this snowy morning, we will consider three subjects that, that emerge from Psalm 42. First, sorrow. Second, sighing. Sighing. And third, salvation. Sorrow, sighing, salvation. And this is what I want you to hear. That when we're faced with deep sorrow, our soul needs to be reminded that there is hope and salvation in God. I'll say that again. When we face deep sorrow in life, our soul needs to be reminded that there is hope and salvation in God. So let's take a look at our first subject, sorrow. How is it with your soul this morning? Can you relate to the psalmist? Is your soul downcast and disturbed within you? The frantic pace of the holiday season often mixes with the cultural pressure of achieving pure and perfect holiday bliss that can create a storm within our souls, a deep sorrow and a dark night. And I don't know about you, but for me, New Year's goals and resolutions can inspire for a time, but a couple months down the road, they usually leave me feeling more like a failure than if I hadn't set the goals in the first place. But what do you do in times of sorrow? Where do you turn? Sometimes another voice can help in difficult times. Seeking counsel can bring healing. But not always, because it's so easy for the voice of the enemy that so quickly comes to say, where is your God? The question can echo throughout your head and heart, piling on the weight of your existing sorrow. Look on the bright side, you might hear someone say. But even your good memories only serve to amplify the pain of sorrow that you are currently facing. Verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. But see, the soul of the psalmist has melted within him, longing for the good times, the times of rejoicing, but suddenly being brought back down to the reality of a downcast soul. Verse 5, why are you, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And it's not just a few days of the wintertime blues. The psalmist is dealing with the ongoing presence of deep sorrow and pain 
We don't exactly know what he is facing, but he compares the experience to a mortal wound going down to his bones. He speaks of breakers and waves crashing over him in the depths of the sea like he's drowning. It evokes the imagery from the story of Jonah. If you know the story, you remember that Jonah was trying to run away from God and from God's call to preach to the city of Nineveh, and he ends up on a boat sailing to Tarshish. The boat is suddenly met with a huge storm, threatening the lives of everyone aboard, and Jonah knows the storm is God coming for him. And so he tells the men to throw him overboard. The waves and the breakers crash over Jonah, and he's caught in the deep. Death is all that awaits him. The breakers are God's breakers. The waves are God's waves. Why? How long? The psalmist grieves in verse 3, My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? Day and night, friends weeping. Day and night, the sorrow is so deep he can't even eat bread. Day and night, it seems that all there is to feel is emptiness, sorrow, and the dread of tomorrow. Day and night, the tears are flowing from his eyes until there's no more left. Can you relate to the psalmist? Is your soul downcast within you? What do you do in a season of deep sorrow? What do you say to yourself? What do you say to God? Our second subject, sighing. Sometimes in our suffering we say things that in our heart of hearts we don't really even believe. (laughs) But in times of difficulty, um, It has this way of bringing out our deepest questions and doubts. Just like how the psalmist says in in verse 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? It reminds me of a woman in labor who is crying out in the agony of childbirth and saying to her husband, you did this to me. This is your fault. The heat is intense. (laughs) And when it's hot. People often say things that have a kernel of truth, perhaps, but are really just the overflow of a heart that is facing a depth of suffering that they cannot explain. But it's natural to cry out when you're in pain. The Israelites did it. They cried out to the Lord when they were suffering and sighing under the brutal enslavement of Egypt. Job did it when he was faced with the fiery testing of God. So there's nothing wrong with crying out in pain or even giving voice to the doubts that emerge within your heart and mind. The question is, where do you turn when things are hard? Where do you go with your doubts? Where do you look for help in your time of need? The psalmist begins his lament in the right place. 
Verses 1 and 2, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? He begins his lament by recognizing something true about himself and every human being. We have a deep thirst, a longing in our soul that can only be satisfied by God himself. We all pant like a deer, like a dog on a hot day for the water that God alone can provide. Notice that he asks, when will I go and meet with God? The verse is actually more literally translated, when will I go and see the face of God? This is a glance, friends, at eternity. In his suffering, he's asking questions that have to do with matters of eternity. It's like he's asking, how long must I suffer before I can find rest in that eternal blessedness of God's presence. His heart is longing for nearness to God, fullness in Him. But this isn't always the case with us, is it? Sure, we feel the thirst, we feel the longing, the need. We pant for satisfaction and relief. But where does our panting lead us? Where do we find relief for all of our sighing? Friends, it's in our nature, sadly, to reject the water that God alone provides and to try to satisfy our longings with other things. You and I, I believe, have become professional self-distractors. There's so many techniques that we use to soothe our pains. So many things we use to distract ourselves that we begin to believe that we don't actually need the water that comes from God alone, the living God. Whether it's alcohol or drugs, whether it's TV or your cell phone. Like Jonah we all tend to run away from God to the next best thing, food, exercise, shopping, raising a family, work, the news, even religious activities, all good things. But we deceive ourselves into thinking that they will bring us relief, the relief that our soul is really longing for. But there's at least two problems with this way of thinking that I think we all find ourselves in, in one time or another, myself included. Two problems, at least, with these self-distractions. One, the sense of relief or happiness that comes from these distractions will only ever be temporary. And so we will constantly be searching for the next thing to fill us. It's temporary. And two, when we run after these things instead of God, we find ourselves guilty of the sin of idolatry. You see, our deepest problem is not the sorrow and suffering that we face in this life. Yes, we long for relief, and we hope that it will come to an end. 
but for all our sighing over our sorrows, we must also be sighing over our sin. When we pant after the things of this world, it's like we're saying to God, you know, God, I found this great well that provides just the best water. Thanks for the offer of living water, but, you know, actually, I'm okay. I have all that I need. But all along, the water from our well of distraction is just numbing the pain in our hearts. We reject the true source of living water who alone can heal that deep infection that lives in our hearts, the infection of sin. And friends, it's that infection that will ultimately kill us. It is sin that threatens to bring us into an eternity of sorrow and suffering apart from God. Do you feel thirsty this morning? Is your soul sighing for fullness and peace? Friends, the invitation of Jesus is for you. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, Jesus says. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Friends, run to Jesus in faith. Bring him not only your sorrows and your sighing, but bring him your guilt, your sin. And he will meet you with the balm of his glorious grace. He will fill you with peace from heaven. You see, when you look to Christ, you have a sure hope that though you sigh and though you groan, you do it as one who awaits a heavenly dwelling that nothing on earth could ever replace or take away. So that brings us to our third subject, salvation. Salvation. We have sorrow. We have sighing. And in Christ we have salvation because the soul of the psalmist is downcast, but he talks to himself. Verse 6. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon from Mount Mizar. He asks his soul, you know, why it's downcast, but then proceeds to tell his soul to remember God. Don't forget. This is the best kind of self-talk. He reminds himself of who God is. With the refrain in verses 5 and 11, hope in God for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Does this sound trite to you, though? Is this just some religious self-help that won't really heal your wounds? Well, friends, don't, don't hear the psalmist saying, just look on the bright side, because that's not what he's doing. That would just be another form of distraction. No. He's addressing his sorrow and his pain with the promises of God himself. This is the source of his hope. And this is the source of our hope. Because even though his tears have been his food day and night, he remembers God. And when he does, he finds comfort in the fact that by day, the Lord directs his love. And at night, his song is with me. Verse 9. 
Day and night, God's love is with him. Day and night, God is faithful to his promises. Day and night, God will never leave or abandon him, no matter what his circumstances are. And so these two realities coexist. Our sorrow on one hand, and God's salvation on the other. Though tears may replace our meals, God's love is what actually fills the longings of our hearts. His love is what gives true hope, friends, because his love is steadfast, ongoing, forever faithful to the very end. So hear this. In Christ, our suffering will not last forever. In Christ, our salvation is a sure hope. Why? What's the foundation of this hope? It's the fact that Christ is the true singer of Psalm 42. When you read the words of this psalmist, do you hear the voice of Jesus singing them? You'll recall the prophet Isaiah spoke of Jesus as a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Jesus knew what it was like to feel forgotten and abandoned by God. But unlike the psalmist, Jesus actually was forsaken by God. When Christ was hung on the cross, the sorrows and sins of the whole world were on his shoulders. The Father turned away from his only begotten Son so that he might become our hope and our salvation. Jesus came not just to deliver us from our worldly sorrows, but to deliver us from the eternal sorrows of death itself. Jesus died. But on the third day, he rose again with new life, everlasting life, so that when our soul is cast down under the weight of our sin and of our sorrow, he might lift us up to God. This is our hope. So brothers and sisters, when your soul is cast down to the ground, when your sorrows are more than you can bear, tell your soul to remember what God has done for you. The love that he has shown, the salvation that he has accomplished for you in his death and resurrection. This is how the psalmist and how we too can say with confidence that we will praise him again. And indeed, we will praise him for all eternity, drinking from the river of life in the new heavens and the new earth. So to conclude, when you're faced with deep sorrow, your soul needs to be reminded that there is hope and salvation in God. So talk to yourself. Counsel your soul to run to Him. Bring your brokenness, your guilt, to the one who has faced your deepest sorrows and sins and arose victorious on the other side. The bright future that Christ has inherited as he was raised from the dead is the same bright future that he promises to you who trust in him 
an eternity of fullness and joy with the God of your life. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, you are so good to us. Help us in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our sorrows, to remember that you are with us, that your promises are true for us in Christ. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us strength to not be sucked into the black hole of our suffering in this life, but to find light and life in Christ Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen.